Welcome to CIO Leadership Live, Women in Technology Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, editor of CIO.com, and I'm very truly excited to welcome Helen Knight, president of Helen Knight Nonprofit IT Consulting. Helen's a speaker on IT transformation, diversity, and inclusion, and she's the strategic projects director for the Salvation Army Canada and Bermuda. Helen, thanks so much for joining us today, and please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your current roles. Absolutely, happy to. Uh, I'm currently an independent consultant to nonprofit organizations in Canada and the United States. I work with the executive directors, the senior leaders, and their governance boards. I go in, I assess the technical challenges. I very quickly find often major issues, but I'm able to write grants, get the funding so I'm not taking mission resources, and reduce those technical barriers to mission delivery very quickly. It's really rewarding work and a great use of my 100 years of tech skills. From a speaking perspective, I, I love the travel around North America, learning the different perspectives, different um, subcultures of technologists that I encounter. And when I travel, I challenge all those senior leaders to join nonprofit boards. Mm -hmm. We need senior leaders on those nonprofit boards desperately everywhere. And with the Salvation Army, it's different. Uh, I'm, it, it's a massive transformation, but I have the honor and privilege of working with a whole bunch of really senior technical leaders that are driving different components, the level of transformation I've never seen in, in a nonprofit, but this, the Salvation Army is such a large organization, does so many critical and important things. Uh, it, it, it's really fabulous to work with those people and see what can be possible. That's wonderful. So you have the opportunity to consult externally, work with the Salvation Army, and then obviously speak to diversity and inclusion, which is so important and, and what we'll be talking a bit about today. So I appreciate that very much. And thank you for joining us. We're really creating this series to support diversity in technology and to listen to women working in the sector who are building and supporting DEI. This year, the 2023 International Women's Day theme is to embrace equity. Equity is one of my power words. <laughs> I try and say it every day to everyone I see and meet. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, could you tell us a little bit about your own career path and maybe provide some insights or tips on that road path? Any lessons learned that you'd like to share? I started my tech career with some technology certifications. Naively, I wanted to learn it all. So I took certifications in database administration, network engineering, solution engineering. Uh, it was enough to get me a job at the help desk, but I really looked hard at all of the organizations and thought, I wanna work with an organization that has a huge opportunity, huge IT department, so I can learn as much from the queues that I'm assigning tickets to as I am from the people. What I experienced as soon as I started on the help desk is the promise of technology that I had been so focused on realizing what was rarely ever realized, it was an absolute barrier to so many people. So I kept going to school, I kept taking more technical courses, and then I was like, maybe, maybe this isn't the problem, maybe I don't need to learn more tech, uh, not that you could ever get to the end of, of tech, but I started learning uh, project management, organizational change management, it still didn't solve this, this problem. I took uh, my bachelor's degree online, I did my master's degree in IT strategy, trying to learn the perspectives around the table and how can we keep missing it? Uh, during that time, I had nine promotions in 12 years, same organization. So obviously I chose well, but uh, there were people that still saw me as help desk because they'd worked with me from that time. So I recognized that there was a cap on the power and influence that I would be able to have to make change. I, 
uh, became an independent consultant. I worked with a number of startups. And then I moved into nonprofit and uh, 2016, absolutely spectacular. I haven't looked back, can't look back. I, I can't return to private sector when you've got an opportunity to make such meaningful change with the technology you're in love with. So I started as a, a three-year digital transformation of the largest homeless shelter in North America. I ended up chairing 26 other homeless uh, organizations that were having problems. And leaders would keep reaching out to me with all of these really fundamental questions that were significant challenges for them. And I recognized I needed to go back to independence so I could solve as many problems as possible. And I've been there since 2020. And what a benefit to nonprofits, having someone who's worked in the corporate sector, learned so much, you know, really built your career in that sector to be able to share that and bring that. And I think that is so important when you said earlier, individuals need to sit on boards, but just sharing, especially in this space of technology is so important. So thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, so we're going to go into some stats around women working in technology. So uh, McKinsey put out the Women in the Workplace um, 2021 research report, and it revealed that uh, women hold only 34% of entry-level engineering and product roles and just 26% of first-level manager positions in tech. We know that's an issue. You are a true advocate for women building their careers in technology, and we've talked about building the skills pipeline, and you just talked about that in a way. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you learned to code at the age of nine, which I, I love hearing about, but what should employers and organizations be doing to help build skills, especially for women in tech? Uh, so if they're looking to build skills in the general population to fill out that pipeline, it's advocating for that early technology access. I have a lot of hope for the next generation when I saw my daughter at the age of two trying to stretch an image in a in a book because she expected the technology like that everything yeah. at power. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how, I, I hope we're on the precipice of some significant change because technology is ubiquitous, it's unavoidable. But within the organizations themselves, please bring unconscious bias training to your leadership team, especially in that technology group. Disparity is real. You need to challenge your hiring practices. You need to stop asking for gurus. You need to stop asking for these code words of, you know, expert in this and 100% of that, because women will only apply for a job that they have every single thing for. Men will apply for jobs that they have 50% of the skills. So in order to increase the women that are applying for your job, you need to change your hiring practices. And then once you successfully bring women in, it's going to be hard. It's different. You need to recognize your leadership that will have to change what got you to this position isn't going to get you there. Are you golfing with your team, taking them out for beer and going camping and hip checking them? I, I've seen some, some really overly male leadership, which has been very successful, but it's not going to be what really benefits from the collective intelligence of adding those women to your team. And there's so much unconscious bias and diversity and equity training that's available. You need to pursue it. You need to take it. You need to challenge yourself all the time. Just because you have some female project managers does not mean that you're truly building a place that welcomes and, and enables diversity and equity. And I know in the last interview we talked about, you talked about the Harvard bias assessment. I actually did it, which was really, really great. Yes, because yeah. you said everyone should do it and I did it. Everyone should do it, yeah. And I found it really interesting just initially where my brain was going to select what, what you know, part of, we should understand what roles women and men hold. So 
Uh, I found that very, very insightful into my own way I look at or potentially approach bias. So I appreciate that. I just had a, I've had many call, uh, calls and conversations with CIOs and organizations supporting diversity, talking about, um, you know, building teams in tech and how a lot of tech leaders, like you say, or gurus, they take their teams and their teams don't look like the diversity of the population, you know, uh, receiving the product. So it really is important to make sure that you look at those people and look at the people surrounding them and encourage and have that plan. So I appreciate you sharing those insights. Um, so you, um, I'd love to learn more about your leadership role in nonprofit community to help enable nonprofit excellence and how technology can impact productivity for nonprofits. Do you think there could be greater collaborations with corporations and nonprofits in technology? A hundred percent, not just bringing, you know, senior technical leaders. I have a, a, a talk that's uh, maximize your career and save the world in five easy steps. But there's there's levels beyond that, not just joining those nonprofit boards, but can your entire IT organization adopt the IT organization of a nonprofit in your community? If you're in a large enough organization, you probably have paid volunteer time, hardware to donate, and uh, a team that you maybe could take them out for bowling and an expensive lunch every once in a while. What about taking them to rebuild computers for underprivileged youth uh, through partnering with a nonprofit organization in that way? I think the magic of team building and making your team's role uh, meaningful is it, it can be enabled and uh, multiplied by partnering with nonprofit organizations. Uh, when I challenge people to do things like this, though, often I get uh, people messaging me for a lot, like, what should I do? Where should I go? And I don't know. I don't know the pipeline for Ottawa. I don't know the pipeline for Kingston. It, it's a challenge, mm -hmm. truly. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've recently been thinking about starting my own group. Okay, what if I grab all of these really eager nonprofit, um, you know, senior tech leaders who want to get onto nonprofit boards and we make ourselves a sub board that solves that problem? How do we make nonprofit boards realize they need us? Yeah, it's true. And I mean, I think the thing that I've found, because I've worked in nonprofit as well, and I've worked in trying to bring in, you know, technology innovation. And um, I think what you find with a lot of the boards is they don't, you know, understand technology. And yet having someone like yourself or me or others coming together to talk about it, to really change the way they look at it and how to, you know, creating efficiencies is so important. So I do think you're right. There does, it would be great if there was a pool or some sort of app where you could connect people together who are working in tech with nonprofits. Um, and I think a lot of corporations now think, well, we have partnerships with, you know, X, Y, Z, we give money, we donate, but the value of people and the value of knowledge of people in your business who can help accelerate a nonprofit I don't think they quite see it 100% that way yet. So I'm hoping that will evolve. And certainly anything you're looking to build, please keep me up to speed on that because I'd love to help help build that out. I appreciate that. Um, and so I wanted to talk about networking. We, we talked last time about ladder networking. Can you talk a little bit about that in relation to building equity for women in technology? I'm not going to be able to one-on-one -on -one mentor my way out of the pipeline. And I'm really heartbroken the number of requests that I get for mentoring um, I don't say no, I say, how about instead you bring together a group of everyone that you know that might be interested in technology or that is in, you know, starting their career or in uh, your entire, all the women and, and advocates in your university school, come together and I'll go in and I'll do a talk because I need to make that impact to a hundred people, to a thousand people. 
with the hour that I, I'm donating, mm-hmm. not just one-on-one. I know one-on-one mentorship is really, really important. Um, I, I like the new focus of having a governance board for yourself. So you're not depending on a single person to guide you, but a, a number of people that you hold in high esteem. I think that's um, more appealing and easier for busy people to say yes to as well. But I, with ladder mentoring, I'm trying to create those groups of 100 women that I will speak to for one hour. And next month, another leader will speak to in these targeted intentional interventions, but they're also growing together, challenging each other. And, and with technology and social media, they will stay together and support each other as they traverse their career. I can't mentor my way out of this I need to maximize the numbers right so that in that in that respect then laddering or mentoring so you're going to speak to a group of individuals who then can connect with each other and it just building that ladder up to to creating more support uh, I was just talking to Jan Bradley this as you know her the CIO of um, city of Calgary and she talked about that she talked about going and presenting at universities and individuals taking tech courses and that you know often very often the women would come around and support come and gather with her and have that opportunity to talk so i think that that's very valuable and i appreciate everything you're doing in that space i just want to take this opportunity to speak directly to the advocates that are listening today i'm able to have this message land very easily with women in technology or that are interested in technology but the message is for the advocates i'm asking you to take a step further than what you've done before. I'm asking you when there's no women in the room and you see misbehavior or or unconscious bias to call it out. Many times when I'm in a group that's usually all men, male executives, and something inappropriate or wrong is said, I was at a meeting, someone said, oh, I had to fire her because she was so good looking. This was about a a woman that was in the room, but um, that my team couldn't concentrate. Nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. I had to say something. Mm-hmm. I had to say, like, well, she was a member of your team and, and all of the, the, the components, but there are men that won't listen to me. There really are. There still are. But since advocates are listening for me, I need you to advocate for us when we're not there and make those changes and bring in that unconscious bias and challenge the things that you're hearing. There was an all-male IT golf tournament until 2014 in one of the energy companies downtown for IT, even though they had 25% women. Look for it. Challenge it call it out. I can't make the change with the people that don't want to hear me, but you can. Thank you so much. That's so inspiring. And I really appreciate you joining us here today, Helen. Thank you so much. Uh, If you're interested in looking at this video, others to support the senior tech leader in their journey, we'll include this interview over at CIO.com front slash CA. Thanks again.